0: Do you know what the secret of life is? No, what? This. Your finger? One thing. Just one thing.
1: Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today we best left in the
2: past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. It's Thursday and we're getting it done early this week so that I can take advantage of relaxed isolation laws. Mm, that's right. With some socializing tomorrow afternoon.
1: Yeah. I had lunch with 10 people today. Wow. So my sister got married. I wasn't at the wedding because... they're Congratulations. Yeah, they wouldn't... I wasn't allowed there,
2: but... Yeah, because of your behavior at... <laughs>
1: <past weddings. laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed. I'm not welcome at family weddings at this Including point. Including your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was at I was at lunch with ten people for guess, a guess a wedding reception of sorts. Well, there are only ten people in the restaurant, but it was a little bit confronting. I was a bit overstimulated. A lot of people around. Oh, really? And the food was good, but it was like shared plates too. So it was like, oh, what's what's the right thing to do here? Yeah, it was. I think interesting. you spit
2: on it, and then no one else touches it.
1: Yeah, mine's ease.
2: Yeah. Or lick it, whatever. Like, just it needs facial contact, I think is the.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then I did a 45 minute speech.
2: We're doing city slickers. Great segue there.
1: Yeah, Gregway. Gregway.
2: City <laughs> slickers. Are you familiar with the term city slickers? I am. I've been called
1: a city slicker in my time by my con- the country boroughs. Ah. The farm barrels.
2: It's because you're you out there in like your common projects, going, guys. Where can I get a signal?
1: <laughs> oh, this latte is atrocious. No, I was, when I was a kid, we used to go stay on my uncle's farm once a year or so. Um, my grandfather was a farmer as well. My 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 grandfather, very curly esque in many ways, which I'll get into later.
2: Mm, mm. Mm, yeah. In the meantime, 1991. Yeah, take us there early 90s yeah the first well second year mm. of the decade yeah um so you probably remember that silence of the lambs which we'll probably cover in a second that was the big film of the year right it won all of the big five at the academies best picture best director best actor best actress best writing mm. third film only ever to do that do you want to have a guess at the others third film to ever do no i have no idea yeah, you're right, you don't. Yeah. Uh, it <laughs> happened one night in 1934 and one flew of the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to get those. Great. Jack Nicholson and others yeah. in 75, one of my favourite films. Um, it's a good picture. Did you know, however, that Billy Crystal was moments away from accepting the lead role in that film as Hannibal Lecter?
1: No, for real? Wait, yeah, it so... was Doors moment. That's interesting. That, that was it's a real... It's interesting.
2: It's almost as far-fetched as that it's made up.
1: <laughs> Is it made up?
2: It's made up. <laughs> I've lied to you via video conference. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I had nothing for 91, so I made up a lie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so specific. I believed you.
2: You know what? I just I was half curious to see if you believe me.
1: Well, it's, I mean, we've, covered, we've said crazy things can here you that picture, were
2: picture? Can you picture... Him as Hannibal Lecter. That's good. yeah. He's
1: like, I had it with a side of lima beans. What do you want? <laughs> hey. Fava beans. Sorry, fava beans.
2: I thought that was a neat little lie. That's Packaged a pretty up, good lie. Bow. You know, apologies to our friends of the show.
1: There's a lot of movies from '91 that we're yet to do. You're gonna have to find some <laughs> some member berries. Actually, we should also clarify because we've got a few new uh, new listeners these days. We've got some some good airtime on the old Apple. Homepage.
2: We do have some new listeners. Welcome.
1: Yeah, welcome. So what we usually do is we of kick off kick off the show with a little member berry from Greg that takes us back to the year that the film came out. Uh-huh. And in this case, Greg decided to turn this um, humble little podcast into a house of lies.
2: Yes, that is the <laughs> first um, fib I've, I've <laughs> delivered on Double Impact. I won't make a habit of it. I don't know what propelled me this evening. It's all right. I understand We'll move we'll move ahead. He did <laughs> host the Oscars in ninety two with the Hannibal thing though. That's
1: Yeah. And well he also hosted the Oscars in ninety one. Oh man. Loves it. He came out riding a horse just to promote City Slickers.
2: Well played. Yeah. But he might have brought his cow out. So Norm. Um, Norman. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about ninety one and the films?
1: A big year for films ninety one.
2: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Big year.
1: Yeah. Big year. Now, there, there were quite a few. Some we've covered. It was the year of Double Impact, um, which is <gasps> significant. It's the year of Point Break, also significant. <gasps> what About Bob, Naked Gun 2.5, Fried Green Tomatoes, The Rocketeer, Boys in the Hood, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Like, these are, there's some bangers. None of these are in the top ten, by the way. The top ten, I think no. we've covered plenty of times before for this one. Uh, number one was Terminator. Exactly. Terminator <laughs> 2. Beauty and the Beast, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which I still really want to do. Hook, which we've covered, yada 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 yada. This movie didn't quite make it into the top ten. This was the movie that came in at number 12 that year. Globally speaking, globally speaking, came in at number 12. Of course,
2: globally speaking.
1: Uh globally speaking. And that film was, of course, City Slickers. Yeah, City Slickers came out in June of 1991 with a budget of $26 million mm. with a gross of… Big summer of film in the Northern Hemisphere. Big summer film in the Northern Hemisphere, yeah. A uh, budget of $26 million, a gross of $180 million. That's some pretty good R- ROI. Some, yeah. Some Romy. Romy, return yeah. on movie investment. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, good. Yeah. Critics loved it, Greg. Critics were raving. 88% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 64% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, again, the critics loved it more than the audience, which, again, I probably put down to historical critic versus modern-day audience scoring
2: things. Yes, interesting. interesting to note. Was this a big movie
1: for you back in 91 in your youth? How old would you have been? Perhaps uh, 10?
2: Probably about around ten, might to crack the double digits, um so I do have some early recollections of this film. I'm pretty sure I watched it at my mate Clinton's house around the corner. I remember it being sort of family friendly viewing, you know the parents probably got, and you know yeah. watch, re watching it we can get into, but they're getting something out of it. I actually yeah. thought we were getting a cowboy movie, so in I remember being pretty disappointed oh. because if you're a ten year old expecting A cowboy movie, yeah. And you get this. There's not much fighting. There's very little shooting. Yeah. You know, Billy Crystal was no Clint Eastwood. In fact, I remember thinking, Jack. This is probably you know shows how silly I was. Jack Palance was like a poor man's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, interesting. I was a big I was a big Clint Eastwood fan when I was a kid, and I didn't really know too much about Jack Palance. Like,
1: who's this hack?
2: Yeah, who is this nobody? Wanna be tough guy? You know, he's probably a bit of a—he's probably a prototype for Clint Eastwood in many ways. Mm. Um, we can probably talk about that a little bit later. But and um, I mean, the big call out is that I wouldn't have understood the existential crisis, which is the, basically the theme of the movie. Yeah, exactly. So I, I it on did that. not
1: realize—I did not realize that's what this movie was about. <laughs> yeah,
2: and Sounds I wasn't like a big I, Billy Crystal fan when I was a kid either.
1: No, me neither. I only really knew him from this. I knew yeah. him, he was around, but it wasn't yeah, like I Yeah, he hosted was, the Oscars, which I yeah. think I
2: used to like to watch and I never really got him. And I think I saw Harry Met Sally and I never really got that.
1: I never saw that. So he's always been City Slicker's guy to me. Obviously being aware he does a million other things and I he's one of those guys I respect, you know. Yeah. Yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't in the lap pack. He, he certainly wasn't. Um, I had a similar… Childhood relationship with this movie. I, I feel like I saw it a lot, though. Maybe it was on TV a lot. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Or we or I don't think we owned it or it was recorded. But I feel like I saw it
2: quite a lot. It's a. It's got all the hallmarks of a Saturday night 7:30 yeah, movie. Doesn't it's it? It's very
1: family friendly. It's got something for everybody. Anything that was less family friendly probably went over my head. Um, the yeah, like I said, the the idea of being a city slicker. I kind of understood that because I'm pretty sure my uncle called me that at least once and he was always like a mysterious figure to me as a child, a bit like Curly because he was out farming yeah. all day. I barely saw my uncle when he was actually farming. Then he
2: probably came in and was knackered and had a couple of drinks and went to bed.
1: Exactly, yeah, exactly. So it was very Curly-esque um, but I'd go and help feed the calves and stuff in the morning and that I, I thought I was being pretty like, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. This was like, you know, probably around when City Slickers came out. Yeah, this, I was probably like 8 or something. Um so so I I guess i related on that level perhaps, but certainly not at the midlife crisis level um which I'm sure we'll get into. Certainly not the guy dissatisfied with his job <laughs> in uh the industry we work in level. Oh, there's there's a bit to I buy unpack here. Air.
2: <laughs> I sell air. Sorry, he sells air. Yeah. We we buy air. Yeah.
1: Um, there, there was a few things in there though, that I always remembered, which is interesting. It also goes to show the headspace of a, uh, what was I, eight, seven Uh when this, when this came out (laughs) was, I always remember the ice cream guys (laughs) and and, and the ice cream matching they would do. Yeah.
2: Rum and raisin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was about it. Oh, and the, um, rolling, rolling, rolling. Mad my ass is swollen. I sung that for years. and I didn't remember it was from this. Yeah, right. (laughs) Interesting, huh? Interesting stuff. Hey, should I get into the origin story? I
2: would like to hear a bit about the origin story. Origin Story. First,
1: I thought there was not much interesting here because it's like, what do you want? It's a comedy. But let me open with this. Billy Crystal, this movie was his idea. He co-wrote the uh-huh. story, uncredited. But Billy Crystal believes he was a cowboy in a previous life. Wow. Uh-huh. Genuinely. He, yeah. Billy Crystal, the comedian, 100% genuinely believes he was a cowboy in a previous life.
0: Totally true story. Janice and I, I don't know how many of you believe in, you know, after we go, were you here before, any of that stuff. Um, but I, I do. I didn't at the time. We make our first trip out to California, just the two of us. I go, maybe we should move here, and so on. And, so on. and um, just two of us go out there. We're driving around a place called Joshua Tree, which is near Palm Springs. And it's beautiful, rugged. And, and I start to sweat. My heart starts beating fast. And I, I pull over she says, What's the matter? I said, I was here before. I was here before. And I was a, I was a cowboy. This is 1974. I was a cowboy. I, 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 I hope I didn't hurt anybody. But I, I'm telling you, I, I, was, I know this place. I know this place. And she went, well, we've been driving in circles for an hour. No. No. I'm telling you, I, and it was the strongest feeling ever that I had been a cowboy.
1: Isn't that a little bit interesting? <laughs> it is for
2: him to admit it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. He believes he was a cowboy
2: in a previous life. Mm. In, so that's… In specifically in the area of Joshua Tree.
1: Specifically in the area of Joshua Tree. Known for a, a popular area for people to take psychedelics. Um, it yes, was this, It was the 70s. So very interesting. But let's say this, this seed is planted, the, this base layer of I'm a cowboy… Is, is is embedded yeah. in his psyche. Um, so later in life he would make a film called When Harry Met Sally. Heard of it? Heard of it. Uh, with a director by the name of... I'll Ron have Rainer. what she's
2: having. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now
1: we're talking. Um, <laughs> when Harry Met Sally, that's Katz's Deli, right? I never went there.
2: I went there. I've got a cat's Deli story. We'll save it for Oh, that's right. that's right.
1: That's yeah. yes. right. <laughs> I was like, someone's got one. Oh, yeah, it's you. It's um, when Harry Met Sally, directed by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner soon after When Harry Met Sally with a few others started Castle Rock Pictures. So a new kind of movie yes. studio developer. I don't know the correct terminology here. Movie house. They needed some movies. And he says, hey, Billy, do you, have you got any ideas some, for a movie? Some
2: bricks for the movie house. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're trying to build perhaps. a
1: movie house here. We need some bricks, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas? Um, they basically, I guess, kind of hired him. I don't know how it works in Hollywood, but they gave him an office and some budget and said, hey, come up with some ideas, won't you? And um, you know what? He didn't come up with any ideas right away, but one night soon after at home, he's watching a TV show about fantasy vacations. Wow. uh uh-huh. This particular segment was about middle-aged men scuba diving, how it changed their lives. One of them even saying, "This cured my midlife crisis or something to that effect." And had a real, a real light bulb moment.
2: There is a line in the movie: You're "Scuba diving, that's fun." Oh, uh, is there? This isn't fun. Ah, uh,
1: interesting. That's probably where that came from. Mm. He, um, he obviously then translated this to the to his world of being a cowboy. Probably also looking for a low key excuse to go be a cowboy. Uh, and he wrote the the kind of story idea down on a notepad and took it to two writers whom we may have met before on this very podcast. Um so two guys by the name of Lau Gans and Babalu Mandel, or the or the duo of Gans and Mandel.
2: Mm. As as always, terrific pronunciation, Tristan. Yeah,
1: who knows how they're pronounced. <laughs> but they were also the writers of a league of their own. So we've talked about them before. They used to work on happy days, Lavoine and Shoyley. Mm-hmm. So they got Heel a lot of their big breaks. Shemuzzle. Yeah. Shemizzle, Shemuzzle and all that kind of thing. So they, they had pretty close connections with Penny Marshall and Ron Howard, and they got their breaks through those guys with splash and parenthood, yada, yada, yada. Parenthood. Yeah. And you know what I like about these guys? The efficiency Oh, yeah? Because they were asked to go to Montana to go look at cattle ranches and such, but instead they just they just stayed in a city, wrote it, and then called a cattle ranch and said, is this? Is, what do you think? Does that make sense? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> wow. I like that. Uh, working smarter, not harder.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. I would have been all over the little trip to Montana though, you see.
1: I would have been down with that. I would have been down with that. But, you know, if it's not for them, I understand. It's, yeah, if they don't me,
2: want to go to Montana, this is perfect. These guys are city you know, slickers. You know when
1: the, yeah, exactly, they're city slickers. You know what the Cohen brothers wrote, Oh Brother, We're Out There? Uh-huh. Because now it's loosely based on Homer's Odyssey. Uh-huh. They just they watched the movie and didn't read the book. <laughs> 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 so. Now that I can relate to. I guess what I'm saying is Gans and Mandel are basically the Cohen brothers of of Billy Crystal Fair. Oh, um, yeah, nice. Yeah. And then they get a director by the name of Ron Underwood on board to direct. Um, Where do we know him from? Hot off the hills of Tremors, which is something I haven't seen. Have you seen that movie Tremors? I think it's got Kevin Bacon. It's a thing. I think it's a, more of a cult uh, film.
2: Tremors like earthquakes? I believe
1: so, but I think there were monsters causing these uh, said Tremors.
2: Oh, well, thanks for
1: yeah. giving it all away. It's in the movie poster. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, later in life, he'll go on to do Marty Joe Young, Pluto Nash. Needless to say, he has a career in TV now. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, he's doing well to have a career.
1: Yeah, good on him. I, said, I say this in jest. Hey, TV's you're working no in Hollywood. Joke. TV ain't no joke. We're in the golden age of television right now.
2: We are in the golden age of television.
1: Fact. Although his most recent projects are the reboot of Magnum, the reboot of Hawaii Five-0, and the reboot of MacGyver. But we're not judging. We're not judging. I haven't rebooted any TV shows myself, so who am I to judge? Uh Who am I to judge? Um, The casting, though, there's some interesting stories here with some pre-castings and some uh, quite sad. Uh, So we've talked about Rick Uh Moranis in the past. We're big fans of Rick Moranis, friend of the show, Rick Moranis. We love him. He obviously had an amazing career up until 1991 in which he kind of decided to step back from the limelight a little bit due to some family reasons and it was at this point – that this shit went down. So he was actually cast in Daniel Stern's role, Phil, mm-hmm. but had to leave the project pretty last minute because his wife was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. So he had a pretty uh, rough time. His his wife passed away and then he's basically been retired from movies at least ever since. Man, Rick Moranis, if you ever want to come back, we're here for it. We love you.
2: Sorry he couldn't be in this. Yeah, we are. We're ready.
1: After reading that though, I had I would have – much preferred him in this role.
2: I got, a, I got a different view on that. We can get into that.
1: Daniel Stern just stresses me out. Anyway, we'll get into that. He gives me anxiety, his face. The irony of it. The irony of it is he has the most calming voice ever as the voiceover in um, The Wonder Years.
0: It was our first kiss since that day last fall in Harper's Woods, the day Winnie's brother Brian died.
1: But in anything he's acting in is just, ugh stresses me out. Anyway, another interesting precasty. So from the outset of this movie becoming a thing, Billy Crystal had Jack Palance in mind. So yes. the very first movie Billy Crystal ever saw back in 1953 was a movie named Shane starring Jack Palance and they wanted him for this movie. He's like, that's my coley," But he was committed to another project and so they had to look around a little bit. They spoke to Charles Bronson and Charles Bronson said, fuck off. Are you fucking kidding me? I die on the 64th page. I don't die in movies. Fuck you. <laughs> That's mm, pretty much what he said. He had said. all the guns. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, the good news is Jack Palance wanted to do this movie so much he actually left the other project and got on board. So good for him. Awesome. Anyway, there were a few other pre for Daniel Stern's role and um, Bruno Kirby's role. If you don't know who Bruno Kirby is, he's the guy in this that looks like Super Mario. But most of those were just like, any Hollywood actor in that era. They're like, and this guy was considered whatever. I don't care. I'm not interested. Yeah, they
2: like to do that.
1: They like to do that. But the final cast, of course, Billy Crystal, Bruno Kirby, Daniel Stern and Jack Pellence, they get these guys in front of a camera, they make a movie, bish, bash, bosh, rap party at the Viper Room. Nice. Hey, should we play the trailer? Yes, please.
0: You ever reach a point in your life where you say to yourself, this is the best I'm ever going to look, the best I'm ever going to feel, the best I'm ever gonna do and it ain't that great happy birthday for Mitch Robbins turning 39 wasn't the end of the world it just felt like it I'm losing hair where I won hair and I'm getting hair where they shouldn't be hair I found 4 big fat ones on my back I'm starting to look like the fly he couldn't put his finger on what was missing Throwing the brochure. it's fantastic but his friends could 2 weeks, the 3 of us, driving cattle what, like in a truck? no, it's a real old fashioned cattle drive
2: go away
0: with ed take phil go and find your smile welcome to the stone ranch believe it or not that work you saw a while ago y'all are going to be doing that the next two weeks my answer is just watching this what do you think i think you look like one of the village people
2: i'll pay for that shirt too
0: is the toughest man i've ever seen in my life <laughs> did you see how leathery he was he <laughs> was like a saddlebag with eyes hi curly kill anyone today Staying ain't over yet <sighs>
2: arnold uh, i'm losing you we're, hey, we're yeah. going behind a butte and arnold
0: i got a special treat we're gonna make fresh coffee wow something's spooking the cattle <laughs> folk this cow's having a baby reach in and pull out the calf. you know this was not in the brochure this
1: summer (laughs) billy crystal look what i did i made a cow daniel stern
0: i lost my wife i lost my job and i've got some sort of rash for making in the bushes and bruno kirby i'm gonna die i'm gonna die oh god hit the trail no what this. Your finger? Just one thing. What's the one thing? That's what you got to figure out. Let's just leave the hurt. Get the hell out of here, huh? A cowboy doesn't leave his hurt. You are us, sporting good salesman. Not today. Sometimes you have to get your feet wet. Oh, God, I do like this. To sit a little taller in the saddle. I'm 39. I'm saying moo cow in a river. Do Be Came out here, City Slickers. You're going to go home, cowboys. Ah! City Slickers. I'm on vacation! Ah! It's
1: about time we got some La Fontaine up on a trailer.
2: It's been remarkable how little La Fontaine we've had on this show. hundred percent. I think part of
1: part of the inception of doing this podcast was the idea that would get that sweet the sweet baritone, velvety sounds of La Fontaine doing voiceovers and trailers. And they've been absent, notably absent in, in many, many, many trailers. Many, many trailers. But we got them. Now, not to discredit La Fontaine, he did a pretty good job of, you know, giving yeah. wetting our appetite about the movie. But for people who haven't seen the movie in a while, could you go in a little bit more detail? Give us a sense of
2: what actually went down. Yeah, yeah, just, just a little bit. I think whenever you get Don involved in the trailer, it does give most of the picture. Yeah. You know, it it gives you a good view. So yeah, I'll, I'll endeavor to add a little texture to his smooth, smooth, smooth (laughs) voice. Uh, city slickers really exists to unpack the plight of the middle-aged, middle-class American man in 1991. Yeah. Uh, It follows the adventures of three best friends that anyone could ever have in New York City (laughs) who leave behind their perceived miserable existences for two weeks to herd cattle from New Mexico to Colorado as real-life cowboys. Now, the three male midlife crisis archetypes we have that take centre stage are... The unfulfilled career slash how did I end up here guy.
1: Yep.
2: The Peter Pan slash I just want to root everybody guy. Yep. And the married the wrong woman slash my wife's a bitch guy. Yeah. In (laughs) contrast against this is their guide, Curly, the Marlboro Man incarnate, leather skin, tough as nails, a cigarette glued to his bottom lip. Yeah. Lives off the land. Now, for our three city slickers, the adventure drives them apart and brings them closer together as they realise the meaning of life is apparently just to focus on one thing, I think. It's also a love story. Oh. Between a man and a little cow. Norman. Norman.
1: Yeah. It's uh, a lot of this... That I didn't quite remember. Um, this movie, <laughs> this movie lands differently as a thirty-six-year-old than it did. It it's
2: different now, doesn't it? Absolutely.
1: I mean, we'll probably get into that a bit be more before we get too deep into the depressing side of this awakening. Um, some initial thoughts: I was pretty excited to see um, some animated opening credits. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. always a delight. Um, when did we last see
2: them? Was it Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Honey, I
1: Shrunk the Kids was a big one. When we were going to do Stop on My Mum Will Shoot for this episode, that had it too. Mm. But we bumped that one because it, it, it's, the movie is so bad that it's going to take too long to prep an episode. We will eventually yeah. do it when we have more time.
2: It's like when you're cooking a cheap cut of meat, you've got you to cook it yeah. for longer to get the flavour out.
1: That's exactly what it is, Greg,
2: on uh-huh. the money. Well done. Like a stew.
1: Yeah. Hey, but needless to say, I've decided if I ever make a movie, animated opening credits, that go nice. for like eight minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a short and film in film? and of itself. Finn? That's the mo- <laughs> and then the, and then the closing credits immediately after. Hey, one other thing I forgot about this movie was the roaring uh, score, the music. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty iconic. <laughs> 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 Da, 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 Although I keep falling into a different song there I don't know what it is. There's a, there's another movie score that sounds really similar.
2: Interstellar. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. But I quite like it. It's pretty I iconic. Think it's, I think and you're thinking of Interstellar. It's just, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 um, but wait, what about you? How was the rewatch for you? I'm, I'm rambling oh, away over here.
2: Man, I'm... I'm with you. It hits different now. You know, this is his... Yeah. You know, you said you were going to talk about some other things. I'm probably going to cut to the chase here. This It's his 39th yeah. birthday. Yeah. I'm 38. He, I turned 38, what, three weeks yeah. ago.
1: Yeah, so what are you talking about? You've got a whole year of life before you have to get sad.
2: And, like, <laughs> how old is he? Do you know how old he was when he made this film? 42 or something, I think. Yeah, because I feel like I'm younger than this character. Yeah. I feel a lot well, younger than this character. The and irony...
1: The kind of there's a meta layer to all of this, which is doing this podcast itself has been a bit of a moment of, oh, I'm old now. Not just because most of the movies we do are, well, all of the movies we do are at least twenty years old, so that makes you feel a bit old. But then also yeah. learning that the actors in the movies are younger than you are now is pretty confronting. Like Chris Willis in Die Hard being thirty two or whatever he was, yeah. Like they're always. You grow up with these people being older than you and these characters being older than you and you have this perception that I'm younger than that guy, I'm younger than that guy, yeah. and you're watching these movies and we're no longer younger than that guy.
2: It's pretty hard it's going. It's on par if not more heightened than when you surpass the age of your favourite athletes. Maybe I'm just over that because I'm so much older than my favourite well, athletes Well, now, now I'm
1: over it because, yeah, that's that's the first stage I think. That's the yeah, first the stage. like thing, they, they, early 20s. That pretty early. Yeah, early 20s max like by 25 it's over you know if you go okay i guess i'm not going to play basketball (laughs)
2: pretty much yeah this is just another door closing slowly
1: the good thing is you don't have to be very physically fit to podcast you just kind of have to be able to sit back in a chair and shove a microphone in your face for which i am
2: well the technical side of the you know there's cords to attach to things that, that's that's getting truth. harder many with all the silicon chips and different <laughs> and such. docking points. You no, know, I Googled <laughs> docking the other day. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> you got to be careful. you got to be careful. Yeah.
2: Again, on the yeah. work phone, i got to stop that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, this movie hits close to home in like some very specific ways though too. So yeah. obviously the life stage us thing is one. So more than others. Yeah, us more so than others. So uh, we've probably talked about it before, but Craig and I, Um, More so me now because Greg kind of, his role has evolved. But we both, what we met was working in a media agency, media advertising agency, which is basically the other side of what Billy Crystal does in this. He he sells ad space we would buy ad space. And um, it is exactly that kind of job where people go, oh, wait, are you in advertising? Oh, you say you made that ad? Oh, no, I just, (laughs) uh, it's fucking depressing. Oh, you're,
2: you're on the radio. You're a disc jockey? No. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah exactly oh, so you
2: make the ads no
1: now Greg, Greg has moved on to like a lovely marketing role Yeah, I, but I'm not, I, just,
2: te- I just tell people what I think we should do it's the yeah. same thing
1: yeah kind of and and I've moved on In to a role vest. where I'm, I'm not buying I'm doing like
2: strategy for
1: advertising but still it's probably more ambiguous oh so did you make the ad no no I just did the thing before they made the ad well what's that yeah. Ah, what I don't know um but I thought I thought we should play that clip because
2: it's uh, it's so potent. Because and we do have fa- some loyal friends of the show who so probably we should yeah. give a pretty pre-warning to our friends of the show who are uh, ad sales in radio
1: sales. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brace yourself, this is confronting. Daniel, would you introduce your father, please, and tell us what he does? My dad's name Mitch, and he's. He's a submarine commander. Oh, Danny. Submarine commander?
0: He works for WBLM radio. Oh. Well, like uh, Danny said, I work for WBLM radio.
2: Are you a dish jockey?
0: No, I'm not a dish jockey. You know the commercials that are on the radio?
2: Oh, do you make all those commercials?
0: No. Other people make the commercials. <laughs> I sell them time on our station for the commercials to be on. So you decide which commercials to use and when. That's right. Well, no, it's not right. It used to be right. Seems now that I even have to check with the station manager if I want to wipe my nose. The minute he took away my authority, I should have quit.
1: Just pause there real quick. And then I, I want to hear that monologue, though, too, the, the 20s, 30s thing. That was the the setup. That was like the jab. (laughs) And then this is the hook, man.
0: Value this time in your life, kids. Because this is the time in your life when you still have your choices. And it goes by so fast. When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. 30s, you raise your family, you make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? 40s? You grow a little pot belly. you grow another chin. The music starts to get too loud. One of your old girlfriends from high school becomes a grandmother. Fifties, you have a minor surgery. You'll call it a procedure, <laughs> but it's a surgery. Sixties, you'll have a major surgery. The music is still loud, but it doesn't matter because you can't hear it anyway. Seventies, you and the wife retire to Fort Lauderdale. Start eating dinner at two o'clock in the afternoon. Have lunch around ten. Breakfast the night before. Spend most of your time wandering around malls looking for the ultimate soft yogurt and muttering, "How come the kids don't call? How come the kids
1: don't call?" Silver lining there is. Sixties sounds pretty good.
2: I mean, I <laughs> thought all of that except why don't The kids call. Pretty okay. I'm I'm okay with that.
1: I think I'm just up to the up to the forties part. It, it just it just does feel a bit like slipping away. And he makes that, he, that line that's in the beginning of the trailer. Have you ever had the feeling that this is the best, best I'm ever going to do? This is the best I'm ever going to feel and it ain't that great? That, that line was like, oh, yeah. I think it's like, I think, I think even more so for our generation than his, right? Because we're Gen Y, but also borderline Gen X a little bit. I feel like I have some Gen X to me as well. Big time. But we, but I don't know about you, but I definitely, when you're growing up, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire.
2: I have some like, baby boomer to me. Um, yeah, yeah I, look, yeah, that, the wealth thing is is a funny one because so I, yeah, yeah, be I would have thought I would have been a millionaire by 30.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there there is a point in your life which I think is maybe not right, not exactly this moment, but there's a moment in life where it's a sudden adjustment to like, oh, okay, so I'm not going to be the best or I'm not going to be, you know, Oh, so oh, I'm not going to have that. Famous. Like seven yeah. houses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's going to oh, be like okay. a one
2: really, really, really big house, and maybe a beach house, uh, and beach, beach house. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's not all a beach fine. house. No, it's still a beach house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah,
1: just I guess that idea of I don't want to say settling because that sounds horrible, but it's more like
2: a, a, an adjustment to the real world. <laughs> yes, and and the sort of like. Ooh, time is passing. It is passing, and it
1: seems to accelerate. Does it not, Greg? It does accelerate. And, and the crazy thing is, like we we chose to do this movie pretty last minute, and it's 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 somewhat serendipitous for all the reasons we just said. But for one reason in particular, is like I keep doing this thing where I look at houses in Byron Bay, and I think, what? what how do I just move there now? Like. <laughs> mm. I'm literally going th- through a lighter version of a lot of what is covered here is kind of my psyche right now a little bit.
2: I, f- well, I feel like this film put the midlife crisis on my radar a little bit. I've been pretty, you know,
1: pretty good. Well, I'm, a- I'm having a crisis that I'm in the zone for a midlife crisis.
2: Well, yeah, that's probably where it's, it's, the it's the, you know, for this film, for it's me, a double it's, honestly, crisis. it's the age thing. He's basically yeah. my age. He's one year yeah. older. And he's having this capitulation.
1: Don't forget, the golden girls were like thirty-eight. The culture's changed. Now nah, they were like fifty-something. Yeah.
2: Well, he, yeah, because this guy's thirty-eight. Oh, sorry, he's thirty-nine, and he, but he's got like a ten-year-old and a I don't know how's the daughter. She's got to be yeah, like fourteen or something. 30
1: the new twenty-eight, Greg. You're good.
2: I'm good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that makes you like seventeen should, or something.
1: I wouldn't mind going to herd some cattle though.
2: Well. This is the thing, yeah. Like this adventure holiday thing, I'm totally on board. I knew you it would be. You know it's how something I something I've been because I talk about it.
1: No, because Red Dead Redemption is basically our version of this.
2: <laughs> well, was Remember how much we were. Dead, isn't it?
1: This is we were both very much into Red Dead Redemption. And oh so man, Greg, Greg the gamer emerges from his cave or go, emerges into his cave into, yeah. once or twice a year. But once a year, um, to man. game. And and Red Dead Redemption was the last one. And, uh, you know, so I'll, uh, sometimes I'll message you, "Hey, what are you doing? I'm hunting. <laughs> like <laughs> heading, you would I'm do all west. the non-story missions. Yeah, heading west. And you'd go deep on like the hunt and all these things. Oh, and man, I was I'm... thinking that as I'm watching this and I'm like, surely the success of Red Dead Redemption amongst people our age, maybe <laughs> it resonates in a similar way to to what is happening in
2: this movie. Well, I, I got I got to think that's part of it. It's it could be. I, look, I probably a more recent connection is a, a, a good friend of mine got married in the Tetons just under two years ago, or just right. two years ago. Oh, yeah, two years ago. Um, which is Wyoming. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. In the United States, so. Very uh, cowboy country. Jackson Hole is where the wedding was. Kanye country too. Kanye. Well, it was actually the same weekend he had his listening party. That's right. We didn't see him though.
1: Did you see Jonah Hill wearing some tie dye T-shirts?
2: No, but my friend thought he saw Hulk Hogan because it (laughs) it was just a big guy. (laughs) Because it's such a celebrity dense, such a celebrity dense, like famous place. We were kind oh, of on right. high alert a little bit for, for celebs yeah, I think yeah. they'd just found out about the listening party. And we were uh, in town uh, and my mate's going, guys, 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 it's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and we, we looked out and to be fair, we were like, holy shit, it is. He was about 100 metres away. It was a really big <laughs> dude, looked a bit older and like long blonde hair. And we get closer and it just wasn't Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> what That's a strange great. man to think you've seen. Um yeah, that's so I funny. did. I was there recently, and I fell in love with the place and the whole vibe. So I maybe I was a cowboy, Tristan,
1: in a previous life. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I could see that. Actually, I can only, see that. it's the only correlation I've got. I um, I do I do yearn to return to that area.
1: I don't think you're the only one, Greg, because Red Dead Redemption, Westworld. This it speaks to, and that's obviously set in the future. So it speaks to this this underlying urge men in a particular primal. seem to have to get back to a a simpler yet uh, maybe slightly violent. violent and shittier time. Um, well, 100%. It, it, something, there's something there. Now, there. there's Now there's a lot of stereotype and, and I guess old school notions of what masculinity is packed into that, but you can't deny that it's there. I would also argue the the resurgence of, of uh, the unironic moustache could be loosely attributed to, I think, Red Dead Redemption. I, started, I wanted to grow a moustache immediately as yeah. part of my Red Dead Redemption journey.
2: Interesting.
1: I've, I, I've dabbled with um, growing an ISO moustache, but the, that, that middle period is really shit.
2: I can't do it. Yeah. I look a little bit too much like a strong man from the 1600s when I grow a mustache. So why don't you grow
1: a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> you mean so you look like the you look like the exact perfect uh, uh archetype of what a mustache should be? That's your problem. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I wanted to look like Tom Selleck and I ended up looking like my name is Earl, that guy. That was the problem. <laughs> hey, you know what else I liked about this movie, Greg? What? It was it was funny. I wasn't expecting to laugh yeah. because, mm. you know, we watched Three Men and a Baby. What year was that? 87, 88? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, and that wasn't funny. I enjoyed watching it more as a nostalgia Zero. time capsule. We've talked laughs, about it. perhaps. Go back and listen to the episode. It's not that we don't like the movie. I just didn't find it funny. And mm. this one I legitimately found funny. There was a bit of a Seinfeld-esque quality to a all of the dialogue. Um, yeah,
2: there was that um, – it, st- it was a lot of vibe that it was – it was an interesting combo because the Parenthood guys, those – the chaps, yeah. they're, they're pretty impressive on the dialogue. Got, they got, yeah. they got a good grasp of how do I get uh, intelligent and dense script in yeah. terms of dialogue. And, exactly. Uh, and then you lay over Billy Crystal who's, uh, you know, just got a lot of one-line zingers. It's a pretty sweet. And I think yeah. he had a lot of influence over the dialogue as well. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of Billy Crystal in there.
1: A lot of his little anecdotes were his stories, so the um, you know the best day worst day scene where they're talking about yep. the best day.
2: Yeah, best day
0: ever in your whole life. I got one. I'm seven years old and my dad takes me to Yankee Stadium. My first game. We're going in this long dark tunnel underneath the stands, and I'm holding his hand, and we come up out of the tunnel into the light. It was huge. Green the grass was, brown dirt, and that great green copper roof, remember? We had a black and white TV, so this was the first game I ever saw in color. Sat there the whole game next to my dad. Taught me how to keep score. Mickey hit one out.
2: Good day.
1: I still have the program. You may have noticed that... Mickey Mantle? Talking about the Yankees and Mickey Mantle... While he's wearing a Mets hat, yeah. So that story was a true story from Billy Crystal's life. It is somewhat incongruent with a character who's obsessed with the Mets, not the Yankees. Mm -hmm. But for whatever, apparently, he decided to wear a Mets hat in the movie because of the support they showed him in one of his charity.
2: Yeah. Plus, they wanted royalties to use. Oh, Yankees wanted royalties. Yeah. And yeah. the Met said, no, you can just use it. Don't worry.
1: Exactly. Like, we'll take what we can get. But it's interesting that he still chose that his character would have his best day ever been a Yankee story.
2: Yeah. Um, I also like his, uh, you know, his mum calling him on his birthday, doing the reciting of the whole Oh, ah, that
1: was also a thing that his, his mum does. Apparently. Exactly. It's a true story. Yeah.
2: I think yeah. I told you recently, I'm, I've got a bit of a fan theory that my parents are Jewish. Interesting. Because whenever <laughs> I see the stereotypical Jewish parent, play out like if okay so examples would be Seinfeld's parents yeah I just see my parents are like Seinfeld's parents interesting and the vibes that you know this is a good example as well and although you don't see them just the mom in the openings you know on the phone she's just like the over over um, yeah. affectionate you know like full of love and then the, <laughs> the the gruff yet hypochondriac dad that's Sue and Jim man yeah it's probably more of a more of a fan theory than a fan theory. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hit that drum. Thank you. Thank you. Try the fish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, this. I don't know. It's my parents are the Jewish parents archetype. That's Fascinate, interesting. Fascinates me. It's very interesting. It is. I like it because I think they're they're great. Parents. I think I'm Jewish. I think I'm Jewish. Genuinely. No, oh, really. Yeah, my grandmother
1: was adopted and her birth name was Yetta.
2: Oh, you did say that. Yetta, that's a a Barbara Strausen movie. You can't walk there, you stupid bitch. (laughs) That was aggressive. Yeah. I just had it written in my notes. so I just read it. What part was that? It was the guy before Billy Crystal at the parents talking, the construction worker talking about his job. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't
2: walk there, you stupid bitch. And other kids no, I've crushed my legs. Yeah, you got two tons of. <laughs> oh man,
1: I also I forgot about the running with the bulls scene as well.
2: See, that's what I'm talking about, man. These guys are these guys are legends. They go away. I'm assuming it's like an every year type thing. They go yeah. away to like a proper adventure. You know yeah. that Bruno? What's his What's his character's name? Bruno Kirby, guy Mario. Mario. It's not Mario. It's not
1: Mario. He should be Mario though. Should he not be be. Mario? Why do you get Bob Hoskins when this guy exists? I don't know.
2: Man. Also, how is he a ladies' man? Yeah, look, he's an interesting casting for the ladies' man. I assume he's loaded.
1: I guess he's loaded. He has a sporting goods store, which is a very American movie career. Like I don't know any people that own sporting goods stores, but in movies there's always a guy that owns a sporting goods store. He looks like Super Mario and the ladies seem to love him. He does pretty well.
2: Hey, um, just on him though, um, Yeah, I actually thought he was quite good in this personally. He is good. Um, yeah. And he's so in lots of good stuff. He's in lots of good stuff. He's in Godfather 2, arguably yeah. the best movie of all time or at least in the conversation. Um, yeah. And he's Basketball also Diaries. Basketball Diaries, Danny Brasco. He's always sat poorly with me and it, um, because of the Basketball Diaries guy.
1: Me too. Me too. Because like, he's the coach and then he's like a good guy but then he's not a good he's guy. He's not
2: a good guy and that just. Uh, he, and he played it so well. I think
1: that might be why I don't like him in this, honestly. I think like, it, it is it, that I, that's, that's my, I've me. got a
2: lot of baggage with Bruno Kirby. Yeah. But I did some readings and I he found that he's actually passed away.
1: I didn't realise this either. I saw this today, yeah, like a while ago, like 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah, which was so.
2: really sad. He, he died of leukaemia um, I think about fuck, 14 years ago, like 2006 or something, a while ago. Man. Um, which is terrible. Poor guy. Because uh, he, yeah, he, he played a, he had, you know, he was like a. He has a very natural presence. Yeah, he was a, a Pesci esque, that sort of it's got conservative, straight talking, um, aggressive, small yeah, New Yorker. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we raise a glass to Bruno Kirby and his services to the arts. Rest in peace.
1: Rest in peace. Respect. But you're talking about friendship, Greg, and you're talking about these guys. And I've got to tell you, two of the guys, at least, <laughs> are fucking assholes, man.
2: Man, I think, I don't know, man. I've got to debate you on that. That guy worked every weekend for two, so what did he say? He worked all year, every weekend, to pay as your, sorry, I don't know about your circle of friends. i got some very good friends. My friends are fantastic. They're the best friends in the world. I
1: have the best friends. You wouldn't understand. You wouldn't even know.
2: Tell me you have the best friends. Yeah. But I haven't, they haven't bought me a two-week fucking holiday ever. Did he buy it? If anyone's listening. Yeah, they bought it for him. It was his birthday present.
1: Yeah, that's cool. That's, that stuff's fine. But what about his other friend that says, if anything happens to him, I'm going after
2: Barbara? Well, I think, I think he's joking, Tristan.
1: I don't think he is because he can't hear him. And this guy, he cheats on his wife with Lisa Simpson. Mr Berkwist here. Can I get you
2: something to do? Mr. Berquist, your housekeeper, told me where you were. I'm in trouble. Oh, what are you doing here, Nancy? Who's, who's on register nine? I don't know what to do. Romaki. I
0: don't think this is the time or the place to talk about this. I'm late. What? I missed my period. Whoops. What?
1: Yeah, and well. The way the movie positions that is like this poor guy. A, poor Lisa Simpson... B, leave your wife. What's wrong with you? You're not the victim in any of this. He I was don't the like victim,
2: him. thank you. I don't like Just him. Just because you're and male doesn't mean you can't be a victim, Tristan.
1: She uh, no, he's not the victim. I don't like him. And what I was gonna say before, and I i, I he's bit a long suffering
2: at man at the hand of yeah. a very harsh woman.
1: Maybe he is, but probably shouldn't have been to a
2: twenty year old check the, that chick. Without exactly, features.
1: Exactly. You're you're her boss. That's not cool, man. Yeah, that bit's pretty bad. But if Rick Moranis played that role, I would have been maybe disappointed in Rick Moranis. So the See, silver what lining I was trying is, to um, grapple yeah. with. I was
2: like, did would Rick Moranis just play that role? Because I think, I think Daniel Stern's awesome in this movie. I think he's perfect for that character.
1: Between this Home Alone and that, there's another movie, there's another movie where he's the exact same guy and he's just highly stressful and it gives
2: me anxiety, man. Anyway. I think he's great in this role. I think he's fantastic. And look. You know, I think the one of the things of this film is that they're all, you know, they're all flawed and he's perfect. Yeah. I'm obviously not condoning him banging Lisa Simpson. That's weird. But, uh, you know, I kind of. I think, you, yeah. You don't feel for him at all? You don't feel I know, for I, this, man? I, I
1: do agree. I think like in broad strokes all of this stuff works for me but there's just some specifics within it that I'm, I'm not that into. Like, yeah, yeah him. Him banging Lisa Simpson, so Yardley Yardley Smith, the the voice actress that plays Lisa Simpson, um, as an employee of his at a supermarket, it seems kind of not cool, and also just like, I don't know, the way the film plays it, like it's not a big deal. I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me, and then um, and just how the wives are treated in general, they're very ball and chain, very like, let me go be a man, like there's a bit. Just a tinge too much of a, of that for me. Two weeks away from us—that's my gift. That's my present to you. Like there's, you know, men should be out in the wild, not at home with their families. There's a bit of that kind of vibe to it, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying I disagree, Greg. No. Nah. Well, I tell um, you who
2: does disagree. My wife, because I was like, oh, geez, you know, I think I need something like this, and she said. Well, you're going out tomorrow, and I don't even know where you're going. So, do you want to start by telling me where you're going tomorrow? <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah, that backfired. I thought she was going to be feeling this." <laughs> look, uh, look, I semi. There's, yeah, look, there's a there's a there's, there's a, a more
1: there's a more subtle notes. It's not like the yeah, main there's thing. A it's not to like it the-
2: because the, I think the 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 theme is right. Like, I think. Yeah, I think well, I agree in with own, it, that. Level. My own yeah. circumstance, I love the idea of going into the wilderness with a couple of mates and just male bonding, you know. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Two weeks, I'd be doing well to get that signed off. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't view my family as a ball and chain.
1: Yeah, there's just hundred uh, percent. So I agree with you. It's like. Big picture, I'm on board. There's just a little, there's a few things in there. I go, oh, really? Yeah. And like, especially
2: Billy Crystal's setup, man. His wife is rad. Yeah.
1: They're she exactly. Throws him a birthday party. He's like, his son's Jake Gyllenhaal.
2: Yeah. I mean, but tell you what, if Bruce went up to date, you know, show and tell and lied about what I did for a living, I'd go <laughs> along with it. I would go along with it. And I go, you know what? That was pretty low, but. We got him good, (laughs) and I'd tell him a lie story about how I almost got the role as Hannibal Lecter.
1: Exactly, (laughs) 1991. I'm like,
2: all right, son, if we're bullshitting, we're bullshitting. Let's do it. (laughs) I wouldn't get up there and get all like, no, I don't say that. It's not what I do. But I also, (laughs) just a side note, little shit kid, um, Jake, don't be embarrassed about your dad working at a radio station. That's a fucking cool job. I reckon most kids would be. I reckon most kids. I'm thinking back to when I was a kid. If there was, I didn't have a friend whose dad worked in radio, but if I did, that would yeah. be fucking cool, wouldn't it? Because that would you'd be go, cool. Do you
1: do you mean? Well, my dad worked at Philips Electronics, and I never understood what he did there, but I always thought that was so
2: cool. Yeah, right. So I kind of and the other
1: guy's dad was a construction worker. I think no matter what your dad does, you think it's cool.
2: I th- I hope so. Right. Yes. Yeah. So. Can we just talk about 2020 stresses versus 1991 stresses? Yes. You know, 1991, can you imagine if, okay, so these guys are wigging out about the stresses in their life. This is pre-internet living. Yeah. Can you imagine if they had the noose of the internet around their neck in their lives, like 24-hour connectivity, 24-hour work emails, social media addiction, social media yeah. sleep deprivation, social media inaccuracies? Yeah. Likes, anxieties, COVID, screen-related sleep disorders, screen fatigue,
1: yeah. yeah, to
2: name a few. Good points. I mean, come on, guys. You live a pretty lean existence back in I 91. Mean, they,
1: they are living in the West compared to what we're doing. They're living in the wild, wild West in 91 relative to how we're living in 2020. Yeah.
2: Granted, they're in Manhattan. We're in Sydney and there's a big, big, big difference, I believe. Yeah. But. Come on, guys. Maybe they would need. You know, how long would they need rodeo if they were twenty twenty?
1: Well, this uh, it's a good point because I actually do think, in many ways, this movie resonates more than ever for all those reasons. Like oh, in nineteen ninety, exactly. in nineteen ninety-one, they thought they were pretty far away from the old west. We're even further away from the old west now, and we're, we're
2: so far w- from the west that we're east. <laughs> We're in the New East. I I started that (laughs) without knowing how I was going to finish it.
1: That's all right. Freestyle, baby. Mm. Um, (laughs) 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 Yeah, uh, I had something on this. Hang on a second. Uh, Yeah, because I was thinking in many ways Fight Club is almost a similar kind of idea here. It is. Yeah, Fight Club is like a 10 years later... Version of the same thing, like I'm living in this weird, overly uh, what's the word? I didn't think of this, I didn't think Uh, like, but you know, I'm living in this consumer, I feel emasculated in my existence. Why don't we fight each other? You know what I mean? Versus going to herd cows.
2: Thriving for something, some sort of primal release. Yeah, there you go. That's
1: exactly it, Greg. And this one, and Fight Club, you know, goes a bit further with it. It's a different genre and all that kind of thing, but there's definitely a common thread there, I think. A hundred percent.
2: Hey, can I draw another little parallel to Fight Club? Yes. Um, It's it's tenuous, but uh, it reminded me of something I wanted to talk about, Jack Palance. Yeah. So Jack Palance in this role, as I said, a young Greg didn't appreciate him yeah. Um, but he's obviously played some, uh, crucial bad villains role in my, in my earlier years in Batman and Tango and Cash and, yeah. as Curly. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned he I was disappointed he wasn't clear, uh, Clint Eastwood, but as I said, he was probably a Clint Eastwood prototype. Yeah. So I'll give you, I just wanted to give everyone a little bit of color to his, uh, his background because it's pretty impressive and hardcore, legitimately. So, born to uh, Ukrainian immigrant parents with that uh, immigrant mentality, you know. His birth name was Vladimir Polanyik. Oh, okay.
1: Well, there is a Fight Club connection. There is the
2: Fight Club connection. So Chuck Polanyik has actually said he's a distant nephew of his.
1: Huh. Huh. How about which is, that? Which
2: is a lovely little Hollywood sort of connecty there for you.
1: Yeah, that's like a that's like a Nicholas Cage Coppola thing.
2: Yeah, so it's Jack nice. Palance is Volodymyr Palenik. Um, His dad worked wow. in the coal mines. Palance worked in the coal mines like once he was a kid. Yeah, once he was a kid. When he was wow. a kid, uh, one of six kids, and uh, he was a very impressive amateur boxer. He had like fifteen straight wins, twelve by KO. Huh story goes he then had some really rough fight and in like an unsanctioned sort of illegal type fight. Um, Kumite. It, it feels a bit like a, a Kumite or a quest. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think at that point he decided getting, getting the shit beaten out of you for 200 bucks probably wasn't the way forward. Yeah. Um, and he went into acting and he was nominated for Oscar for that film, Shane, that you mentioned, some badass Western I've never seen. Yeah. And uh and then went on to win the academy for this film.
1: Yes. Thirty-eight it's, years in between. How good is that?
2: Eight years in between.
1: And like there is like a closed loop there. Billy Crystal sees him in Shane 38 years earlier as a child. Yeah. And it's from incredible. that experience, he gets nominated for that, doesn't win. From that experience, child Billy Crystal remembers that. Cast him in City Slickers, and he wins the Oscar for City Slickers. Like, that's yeah. beautiful. He wins the Oscar. Yeah. He, he gets up there and he does one-handed push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that?
2: Yeah, I did. It doesn't it's, really
1: translate to audio, so I'll put it on Instagram. But what am I, I'll play a bit of the Oscar speech. Why not? Because fuck it. It's, it's fucking Jack Palance.
0: Billy Crystal. God. I crap bigger than him. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are times when, uh, when you reach a certain age plateau where the, uh, the producers say, they talk about you and they say, well, what do you think? Can we risk it? Can we do it? Can we use them? The other guy says, I don't know, let's look at some younger ones. We can make them look older. But this one, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult. They forget. They forget to ask that you go out there and you do all these Things Like, for instance, you know, you go out there and you do these.
1: He's doing one-handed push-ups right now. <laughs> 72 years old, ladies and gentlemen. 72 at this point.
0: No, that's, that's, that's nothing really. As far as the two-handed push-ups are concerned, you can do that all night. And it doesn't make any difference whether she's there or not. Because... <laughs>
2: Gets a bit weird for a bit there. He makes
1: okay. He makes so a in my joke in my, in my in my Jack Powell's journey earlier today. I was just watching random interviews and stuff. He makes so many jokes, and half of them don't really land. Yeah, <laughs> like that, and it's just a bit weird.
2: He's all, he's, but he's, it, a, he's a relatively awkward sort of dude. Yeah, he,
1: and so that's the other thing too. Uh, what, did so you watch like,
2: him on? Did you see him on Leno? Jay and stuff? Leno.
1: Yeah. 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 Leno. That one in particular, because he was. Um, he was slinging zingers back and forth with Jay Leno, but he was slightly just off. Yeah. Like, I knew I got the jokes he was making, but it was just like some yeah. of them were a little bit awkward. And he's also, his persona is quite different to Curly. I mean, he's acting, fair enough. But I've always known him as Curly predominantly. Like, I know he's in Batman, I know he's in Tango and Cash, but Curly was like my main one, really. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, so, more, I, I can't, he doesn't talk like Curly and he doesn't, yeah, it's interesting. He's a funny guy, though, for sure. Yeah, he's a character. Yeah, he's a character. Oh, I think one thing that does come through really nicely in this movie, which is actually I probably haven't landed this point yet, but an overarching theme for me in this movie is I was expecting this to not hold up at all. And so in all these things we've been talking about, I've been mostly pleasantly surprised. There's some specifics within some of the – Things we mentioned that I, I'm not a huge fan of. But otherwise, overall, That's there's a lot package. of this I really like about as a package. And one of the things that I really thought would not hold up but really does is the stunt work and the horse riding and all that shit. It's really good, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he was a cowboy in a previous life, basically.
2: But yeah, he, I didn't um, even notice, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Which is... I, I was I was waiting to see a stunt double. And, you know, you, this, the stunt doubles in... Point Break, the surfing stunt doubles stand out like dog's balls. Mm. And these guys, this isn't Patrick Swayze, this is Billy Crystal and they're doing some legit horse riding shit. Like There's it was his idea. It was his idea in the climax of the film to go down with the horse in that rapid trying to rescue Stay Norman. muddy embankment. And they're like, you're going to do this? And he's like, I can learn.
0: Uh, and we were working on a thing and I said – all right, and then I'll ride along the river. Norman, the the, the cow will get swept away, and then I'll I have to ride. And if I rope them, then I'll have to chase him, you know, and rope them. And it, the, can you do this? And I said, Well, I I I will. I'll learn. We start training at uh, Will Rogers National Park, and I'm doing really well on the, on the horse. And I'm um, getting better and better very quickly. And my instructor was John Wayne Stuntman, an old style cowboy named Jerry Gatlin, who chewed beechnut chewing gum and you know spit it out. And was a real old kind of real cowboy guy. And now I'm getting really good on this horse. He moves me up to another horse that's really fast. And I'm, I'm really good. And it's coming so easily. So now he says, listen, we got to start working on the roping section. So we're going to go up to this ranch and we're going to start to rope little steers. First steer leaves the chute. I run after him. Well, I don't. The horse does. And that's why it's hard for Jewish boys. Oh, I'm supposed to be on the horse? That's why I'm winded. And <laughs> I get right over the horse and I'm going you know, over the steer and I'm really flying. Like I got to... Right around the neck, boom! Jump off the 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 the, the saddle onto the ground, type his legs, and like boom, like that. And everyone goes, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and Jerry comes up to me and he hugs me and he says, "This in my ear, man. You must have been a cowboy in your first life."
1: Ooh, see again in a previous life. Wow, dude was a cowboy. Now, whether or not he was actually a cowboy in a previous life, I do think that shit held up. 50-50. 50-50? Yeah. That he was a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I hit you with a couple of little uh, miscellaneous points I have before we get into the verdict? Yeah. I've got got a few odds and ends that I don't want to leave out. The first being uh, the ice cream guys, Ira and Barry.
2: Barry can pick out the exact right flavor of ice cream to follow any meal
1: which I guess they're supposed to be Ben & Jerry. Ah. Is that like Ben & Jerry's? Yeah. I didn't know what Ben & Jerry's was when I was a kid because we didn't have it in Australia. But now as an adult, another one that lands um, quite comfortably on a palate that has consumed many uh, tub of of Ben & Jerry's over the
2: years. I've had limited exposure to Ben & Jerry's. I've always been a bit uh, put off by their flavor descriptions. Just the brownie ones,
1: man. Just go the brownie one. It's fucking
2: good. Is it?
1: Yeah. But aside from that… There's a few very of the era little cliches in this that I really enjoyed. Um, just a couple. The first being, uh, well, actually, there's probably more than, we've touched on one already, the animated opening credits. Mwah, beautiful, uh-huh. beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, also a, there's also a trying on funny hat montage. Ah, uh, yes. A series of funny hats. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, there's also the talking about the guy, all the things you shouldn't say about the guy, he's right behind me, isn't he? Uh, that, yeah. that joke a good is good there. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And this one really cements it in the era um, as his ass is being operated on after being pummeled by a, a bull. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daniel Stern's character is taking a camera and he's like, what? It's a Kodak moment. Remember oh. Kodak moments, man, I think?
2: Isn't it? That, Remember something. Kodak? The Kodak. inventor of digital camera, no less. Were they? Oh yeah, you don't know this. They're they're one of the um, the great, uh, I guess, case studies of business school is Kodak because they invented the digital camera, which, as as we all know, how the story goes here, you know, it completely wiped out Kodak. <laughs> Kodak, and they yeah, um, wow. they just didn't see the future, the margin, there was good margin in film and they were like, no, that's where our margin is, that's where we'll.
1: It's like Blockbuster having the opportunity to buy Netflix. Fools, Basically. damn fools.
2: Basically, Man.
1: yeah. Fuck, damn fools. Hey, should we get into the verdict? I think we should.
2: I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. i like you
0: to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for?
2: Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I had to say
1: about that. Have you got any, uh, any overall thoughts for this one, Greg?
2: Uh, the overall thoughts were, uh, or uh, are, <laughs> that this... Yeah, like this this film holds up thematically really well, as you yeah. m- mentioned earlier, potentially more so. I don't know if it holds up if you're outside of the demographic, so I don't know what this film yeah. would mean. Carol didn't watch this one with me because I kind of needed to squeeze in odd times to watch it, to get it watched. Yeah. But she didn't seem particularly into it when she did sit through parts. So I don't know how much of that was right. her only seeing parts. But point being... Mm. It resonates with us. I'm sure you'll. I'm sure you'll say the same. I'm a 38 year old. Yeah. This film is about a 39 year old a midlife crisis yeah. who sells ad yeah. space. I buy ad space, and I'm 38. So there's some very direct. <laughs> I think I'm a, a, generally a lot happier than this character. <laughs> I will. I will caveat. Yeah. Love my wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it a, makes enough for a, for a nice story. I was in, I enjoyed watching it.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this movie held up way more than I thought it would. I was getting ready to – I said it last week. I wanted to do a movie that doesn't hold up. I want to i want to throw yeah. one under the bus because I feel like the whole premise of this podcast is to make some decisions and most of them are holding up. Welcome
2: to Double Impact, the podcast where we watch old movies that are awesome and then talk about how awesome <laughs> yeah, they kinda. are. kind um, of. So
1: I'd say ballpark-wise this one holds up for all the reasons you just said. There's some details within it I'm not down with, which is the – the treatment of the wives and family, but, you know, 91, I guess. Um It was funnier than I thought. The action was good. The stunts were good. Yada, 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 yada. It holds up. It's a rewatch for any 35-plus person out there, I would say. Um, and, hey, it, it is somewhat poetic that we open the film with, with um, Billy being succumbing to the dominance of a bull and in the end he's adopted a baby bull. Whoa. That's kind of beautiful. That's it's, a wow. Uh, there's, that's poetry right there. Wow. Should we get into some of our little patented double Let's impact get tests? into some of our side bits. So, did Simpsons do it? Go. No, but he did the Simpsons. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I didn't have it in that phrasing. I was like, okay, it wasn't on the Simpsons, but Simpsons' character was in the movie, so... Um, has there been a porn parody, Greg?
2: Not that I came across, but there's Lickers sounds like Slickers, so there could be. There's Titty Slickers. <laughs> titty Slickers. Oh, and Titty. I, I went for the Lickers, not
1: the Titty slickers. There is one. I Googled. Titty Slickers. Titty Lickers? Titty, sl- titty
2: Slickers. <laughs> nah, so good. I was too scared after last week's yeah. search for porn parody. <laughs> I saw some things I can't (laughs) see.
1: Bechdel test, certainly not, Um, unfortunately. Um, FX test, stunt work was good. I think that works, yeah. Yeah. Baby calf being born worked pretty well. Um, Unfortunately, not much in the way of grenades or Molotov cocktails. Uh, Mark it down. Mark it down. But if this movie was made today, Greg... Let's say it addressed some of those issues we talked about. Um, but you know, still living within the theme and the idea of the movie. Who might they cast to bring this bad boy to life in well, 2020?
2: This is all you this week. I haven't done recasts. full transparency. Interesting. I uh I want I want to hear yours. Okay, so
1: my recast is a, maybe slightly unconventional. Excellent. Um and partly because this hits so close to home, who better um, to to be our protagonist, then you and I, Greg, a couple of podcasters. Wow. You know what do we know about the old west?
2: <laughs> oh, nyan, nyan.
1: <laughs> the only difference is Curly will be Tom Selleck, our blueprint, the man, <gasps> the man we long to emulate, <laughs> um, which makes perfect sense, right? And he can be in Australia. He can be Quigley, Quigley down under. You listen to this retro, Robin? <laughs> so yeah. So to, to, just to recap that, Curly played by Tom Selleck. The three guys are you, me, and David Crumholtz. I just chose David Crumholtz at random. I thought he'd be fun. <laughs> He'll be a Who's fun he? third wheel. He was. He was one. He? he was the the chief elf in the Santa Claus, but he's in lots of stuff. You know that guy? You know him when you see him. He'll be a good real Oh, (laughs) – he'll be a good curmudgeon type, you know. We're dragging him along.
2: You're only part Drew, so we need to dial (laughs) that up. He'll
1: he'll be the real, uh, you know, fish out of water more than us, I suppose. But it said in Australia, two podcasters need to go learn how to be a real man from the blueprint himself. Jackarooing. Jackarooing right
2: there. What about six degrees of nice. Jean Claude Van Damme? Did you get there? Can I say I would in that world? I think Paul Hogan's got to do it for us. though.
1: no, I built the whole idea around Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck, <laughs> No, nah, Tom Selleck, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Six degrees, six degrees of JCVD. Um, you got? I got one. You got? I one? I got one. Again, Here for any new
1: listeners, we like to see to to see the merits of the film. Um, it's best to understand this by understanding how close in in measurement of degrees it is to a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, because proximity is equals quality, I suppose. Um, yeah, you go first.
2: Ah, okay. Um, so, given the film's theme was about the long journey, I've taken the long road round today i like this so we have daniel stern who was in home alone with uh a guy called john hurd who was that who was that was kevin Your dad? yeah dad. right uh he's actually in white chicks <laughs> with keenan ivory waynes <laughs> okay and kevin ivory waynes was of course uh in glimmer man with brian cox oh <laughs> who uh, was in succession oh, okay. with Alan Ruck. Wow, you had Macaulay, you had
1: Colkin in succession. You could have gone so quickly to succession. But I like it, you're doing the
2: scenic route. Alan Ruck. Alan, Alan Ruck, Ruck was in Ferris Bueller with Mia Serra. Mia Serra was in Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh,
1: big surprise Huge surprise! How many degrees
2: was that? <laughs> uh, I went for I went for length there. One is it over two, six? Three, four, five, six, seven, seven. I've got two. Pretty proud I've of that. I've got two degrees.
1: So I got. Um, I like this though. There's, there's a common theme here. You go the scenic route, and I nice. go the direct route. Scenic scenic route yeah. is. Pretty more, pretty much more exciting. Um, so I chose Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson. Obviously, also on the Simpsons is Phil Hartman. Um, Phil Hartman, obviously, uh, on SNL with Mr. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider being in a film with Jean Claude Van Damme that I've never heard of, called Knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I've seen saying
2: Knock Off. It's fucking terrible. Right. We'll get to it at some point, I'm sure. They deal in counterfeit clothing. It's in half in Asia. Hey, you
1: want to buy these Jordache jeans? <laughs>
2: counterfeit clothing. <laughs> yeah, it is counterfeit. I'm pretty sure wow. it's counterfeit clothing, isn't it? I haven't seen it. Oh, gosh. I think it is. I feel, I feel like I'm just cheating just when I haven't seen up. it. Totally. I
1: feel like I'm not allowed to do it if I haven't seen it. But, yeah, that was the shortest one that I could think of because I went SNL first because I was like, surely there's a connection there. Um. Nice. Yeah, but all in all, I guess it holds up, man. I really want to do a shit movie soon to just shit all over it and say it doesn't hold up. But like you say, it's like getting a bad cut of steak. It takes a lot more work to prep for the episode. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. It needs to, or it needs to be not super shit. So there was just nothing in that stop stop on mumble shoot. Like there was, I was watching it on Monday night, going fuck, I'm going to struggle for things yeah, same. to talk about here. Anyway, MVP. Uh, look, I've probably got Jack Palance. Yep. I Agreed. think um, yeah, there's too much uh, around the role and, yeah. you know, the, the just his, his view on life. That, that, that time yeah. with one-on-one with Billy Crystal just cements that character as pretty epic. Yeah,
1: I agree with that, especially the one-on-one time. And the song they were singing was the song from Lebowski, the harmonica song. Tumbling Weeds. Welcome tumbling down. Is that Was song? It? Yeah, it's just sung differently. I totally missed that. Um, but I think we're saying it's a rewatch.
2: Yeah, my low-key VP, I, I kind of had it as the two friends. I, I I think we were on different pages tonight with uh, with our interpretation of those two characters.
1: I think I don't like the characters. I don't have a problem with the actors. The actors yeah. did good jobs. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh What are we doing next week? I think we've got to revisit the game plan on next week
2: um, for a few reasons. We do. We've got some decisions to be making.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, but um, I know we've probably got a, a, a few new listeners recently. So if you're new to the show, if, if you're liking the show, if you've made it this far into the episode, i I got to think you hopefully like the show. We'd love if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Unless the off button's broken. Maybe the off <laughs> button's
2: broken. And in some countries in case, this
1: is… Sucks shit. In some countries this is a very subtle form of torture. Um, in which case mm-hmm. I, I apologise if you can't leave a review. But if you can, get onto your Apple Podcasts, leave a review, admit a lot to us. It helps us with all yes, the algorithms and such. Um, but uh-huh. otherwise, follow along for, for supplementary content on uh, Instagram at Double Impact Podcast. Uh-huh. We're posting stuff there all day, every day. Um, lots of clips, lots of things relating to this movie, but also just movies of the era. You'll enjoy it. You'll love it. Join us there. And we'll see you next week. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.